Hey there, and welcome to the Gospel Boldly podcast. This is Thomas, uh, where I'm coming to you with the, the whole Gospel of St. John thing in mind, where he says something about these things are written that you may believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. We're your hosts. I already said who I am, and man, these technological issues are getting to me. <laughs> I, I am Pastor Brown. Now, now just to, to share some information behind the curtain, we've lost it now, but we had been four minutes into the episode, and I we had opened with me lamenting how, how my uh, laptop is an old piece of junk. In fact, uh, Thomas's wife had bought the exact same model around eight months after me, and she's already, like, stabbed it through the heart with a a wooden dagger and got rid of it. So mm-hmm. me justifying my, my selfish need to, or desire to go buy a, a new laptop and so on and so forth and complain about everything. And then the internet connection here just died. <laughs> so, so, so sorry for the less than like chipper and great. Oh yeah. Hey, how's everyone doing opening? And it's like, ah, yep. Over it. So just technical issues. It. All right. <sighs> yeah. We're all right. Well, so, so sorry for being less than excited right now, because I mean, I'm saying the same thing I just said like mm-hmm. 12 minutes ago before technical issues of doom, okay. but we are in, see, I'm trying to get more energy. We are in John 18. I'm trying to resurrect this, but it's the crucifixion. Oh no. <laughs> we, we, we're in John 18, starting the passion. Last time we had gotten through uh, uh, the betrayal of Jesus in the garden and Jesus is on his way over to Annas, the father-in-law of Caiaphas, and they're going to do all their high priestly things to him. And we're going to pick up again at 8.15, or excuse me, 18.15, my bad, and and get a little bit of background. Thomas, would you read verses 15 and 16 for us? Sure. Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did disciple. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood outside at the door. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch at the door and brought Peter in. All right. Now, here's what's going on here with this. Uh, Remember, one of the things that is common in the ancient world, or at least was a a common rhetorical device, is you didn't name yourself by name Mm. in your own writing. That that seemed egotistical. So, so when you have this, so, and there was a disciple whom, who was known, and that, that's John's way of identifying himself. Uh, sort of think about it, it, in modern English, it seems very strange if you talk about yourself in the third person. Like if I were to start going, man, Eric Brown preached a good sermon last week, that, that would just be all sorts of weird um, likewise, just writing your own name out, unless you were doing something like signing something, like I, Paul, write this with my own hand. It, it was very intense. So just in, in normal parlance, you didn't mm-hmm. necessarily mm-hmm. talk about yourself directly by name. So you have the, John uses this this writing custom of saying the disciple, a, a disciple was, or the disciple whom Jesus loved or what have you. That, that was a viewed as a very humble way of addressing yourself. But what we see is John's got connections. John, John can just saunter on up into the, the Annecy's house and get welcomed in. Uh, does Peter have those connections? No, no, Peter doesn't. But when John says, come on in, yeah, come on. I, I, I got the entrance to the VIP club. You, you can bring him on in. Well, fair enough. Maybe not 
into the VIP section inside, but he can at least get inside the club and hang out in the courtyard. That was tragically almost relevant. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, be- because trust me, if you want to know about about going to, to the club, Pastor Brown is the one you go to. I don't think I've ever been to a club because I don't like dancing or paying for <laughs> overpriced drinks. But anyway, let, let's continue on. So so you have, they're, they're inside the courthouse, but you also have John here pointing out, this is why I know this stuff. This is why I'm giving you these this information because I, I was actually the one who got to see the, the back and forth between Jesus and the, the priest, so... Let's continue. Okay. Uh, The servant girl at the door said to Peter, you also are not one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I'm not. Now the servants and officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple, where all Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard what I said. Uh, excuse me. Ask those who have heard me what I said to them, that they know what I said. Keep going. Well, let's pause there very quickly. Okay. Uh, a lot of times when we go through the the reading of the gospel. Or at least what will happen is uh, we'll we'll key in on if if okay if you break up the passion reading from John's gospel, they'll often break it into different chunks, and a lot of times they'll they'll put Peter's three denials together. They'll they'll jump around so you have this denial flow, and then you get back into the courthouse. Well, know what happens here? You have two questionings going on, going on at the same time, if you will. And when Peter gets questioned, what's his response? Uh, Who? I don't even know. What are you talking about right now? I don't know. You must be mistaken with what you've seen. Conversely, when you have Jesus being questioned, what's his response? Everything I've said is open and public, and and I've been in the temple preaching. You you all have heard it. Mm -hmm. So it's not, not it's not, not just not a denial. But rather, it, it no, it's open and obvious. You should know what I teach, just as Peter's denying what they obviously know. Mm-hmm. So it's just sort of this this really actually a fuller contrast. Peter is in the dark, trying to hide, trying to cover things up, where Jesus is inside, open, and like, come on, dudes, just, just you know what's going on. Come at me, bro. Well, well, it's interesting you say that. Uh, <laughs> Read through verse 24. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, when, when he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas the high priest. So note how that, that works. You have Jesus saying, listen, your question is foolish. Look, I've already said stuff. There's nothing that's in doubt. Bam! Backhanded. Um, Thomas, when you were an elder at my congregation, did you ever go up and just backhand people for giving me the sauce? I mean, not in front of you. Oh, oh. what? (laughs) (laughs) But but, I mean, 
do you see how this this is not the uh, the normal let let us have a a fair and open discussion of ideas? There is definite power play type stuff oh, going yeah. on here. Hundred percent. So so it's one of the things where sometimes we can think of Jesus just standing before and and this isn't discussion of the temple. This isn't the back and forth where where it's just a matter of arguing your position, where you see Jesus trounce everyone. No, th- this is the kangaroo court. This is. Right. This is, now we're going to put you, pff, what I've done, you've heard everything I've done. What What's going on? Whack. Nope. Don't answer. Pff, off you go to, to Caiaphas. So, I mean, it really is just highly denigrating. Highly, highly denigrating. For sure. Well, actually, can I can I bring up something here? Well, yeah. Um, not to equate Martin Luther to Jesus, mm-hmm. but think about the... Uh, where where Luther gives his famous I cannot and will not recant statement where he is mm-hmm. before the princes at the Diet of Worms. And the way that worked is the first day is he walked into the room and on a table there were all of his books. Mm-hmm. And they go, all right, do you recant this? Because we think they're trash. He's like, <laughs> what, 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 sure, there, there's something in there that some things in there that that even you surely agree with. Not all of it is trash. I mean, are, aren't we here to debate and discuss these? No, you're here to recant. Are you going to recant? Mm-hmm. G- give me a night to think about it. And, they, and the next day he comes back, and I cannot, will not recant all that that famous stuff. But but again, that was not designed to be a discussion of ideas. It was a power play. It, it was power politics in practice. For sure. So, so yeah, it, it often happens. And don't don't be surprised when you enter into a situation and, and it's not really about you being able to make a good defense. It's not really about you being able to argue your position. Often you will walk into situations where there's just power politics at play. And the point is to make sure you know your place. Mm-hmm. So just friendly word of advice that work fair enough absolutely is that accurate from what you've seen in your own experiences in life in this world thomas i would say so (laughs) all right okay yeah all right let's let's carry on okay now simon peter was standing and warming himself so they said to him you also are not one of his disciples are you he denied it and said i am not one of the servants of the high priest a relative of the man whose ear peter had cut off asked did i not see you in the garden with him Peter again denied it, and at once a rooster crowed. Now again, this is that whole before the cock crows three times, you'll uh, cock crows shall have denied me three times. Mm-hmm. But but even just the oh no no you're with them. Wait 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 a second. My my cousin had his ear chopped off. Weren't you the guy who did? Oh, no nah, <laughs> man, I don't know what you're talking about. It, it's just it, 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 again it. You can look at this in a very comical sense. Not that it's serious or not that it's frivolous and we should disdain it or something. But but John tells it in a very humorous way. I mean, it's just a nice little point. To point Even then, a cousin of the guy who Peter had lopped the ear off of then says, wait, wait, no, no. I think I recognize. You. No, man, I don't know what's going on. You've got the wrong guy. I've been fr- cock-a-doodle-doo mm-hmm. or the, the temple bells that you once pointed out somewhere else. But whatever. I mean, the, the cock crews and then boom. Oh, well. Oops. Wait, J- Jesus had warned me of this already, hadn't he? 
Ooh, he also warned us of lots of things. And then that goes poorly for Peter for the moment. Yep. So. Cool. Well, I think that's a, probably a good place to jot away for the break. It has the rooster crowed for the first break. Uh, the rooster crowed some time ago when we were trying to fix our technical difficulties. But <laughs> Before you reach the first break, you will have technical difficulties three times. Uh-huh. All right, let's go to break. All right, and we are back on the Gospel Boldly podcast, and we're going to go now look at the backwards life, where uh, where we pause from our running through the text and rather consider things that, that are standard, that, that people might just normally throw out in American Christianity, and look at them from a slightly different angle and see what we can see. So, mm-hmm. all right, so Thomas, what do we have today? What are we going to look at on this backwards life? A little bit of a dichotomy going on in uh, American culture right now as we approach this election. We have uh, two, ostensibly two, ostensibly more sides when it comes to uh, different people to vote for and things along those lines. I've noticed a lot of rancor floating around. So I'd love your backwards take on how the Christian should approach the political season and a lot of the polemics that get thrown around during season. On the one hand, in the the scriptures, we get a lot of that whole idea of of you must make the good confession, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Be bold, be zealous, be always prepared to make a defense of what goes on. Mm -hmm. And and so what happens is there can come that point when 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 we Christians get get are ready for bear. We we we're loaded up, we're ready to fight, and we're gonna crush and destroy and demolish the 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 opinions of our enemy. Thomas, just just initially, if I if I describe this as we're going to go in and demolish them, wh- what seems off about that to you? Uh, the wanton destruction that comes to mind seems a, a little contrary to the you know build one another up in love message of the gospel. <laughs> there, there is a when we get into discussions, and this is something that is hard. All right. This is not because here's the here's Pastor Brown's two simple steps for for engaging in internet discussions. That no no no. We're, we are to be agents of peace. We're to be peacemakers. We're to be showing gentleness, kindness, things like that. And the problem is, so often we get overly passionate. And here's the problem with when you argue passionately against someone. Um. Thomas, if you're very passionate for A, and I'm passionate for B, and I come out passionately for A, or passionately for B and against A, against your position, does that encourage you to consider calmly my 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 argument? Or does it make you more fired up and want to hold your position even more? Oh, I will become recalcitrant and entrenched quickly in my defensiveness. Uh, the- uh, psychologists today will refer to this as confirmation bias. That that when you hold a position strongly, you will have bias against anything that goes against your your preconceived notion, your preconceived bias. Mm-hmm. And if people hammer you against your bias, you will instinctively dig in your heels more. In other words. 
everyone is stubborn. Mm-hmm. And, and what can happen is Christians are not averse to that. And we can get into the whole dig in our heels thing. And, and that can become especially, uh, I'll say, damaging, especially when we conflate our political views with our Christianity and, and make everything all jumbled up and confused. And, and we really need to ask ourselves, okay, there can be a time to say, here I stand, I can do no other, so help me God. But, but what is that over? Is that over uh, what percent uh, tax increase or decrease we're going to have? Is it over, or, or I'll put it this way, I, I was in a discussion recently and saw someone just adamant, I mean, and being just, cruel and mean to, to other people who were disagreeing him, adamant that we were founded to be a Christian nation. Well, my thought is, okay, first of all, one, even if we were founded to be a Christian nation, even if I concede your point, does that change the perspective of people who now want to do something different? Of course not. So, I mean, it, but, but, but that was a very important, so, I mean, he was just insulting and denigrating and, and you've been brainwashed. Blah, blah, I mean, just, spewing stuff to, to win a point that even if you won the point, it wouldn't change anything with the argument now. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to what you're arguing. What's the point? Is the point to vindicate your own way that you view the world or to bring something good to your, your neighbor that they don't see? Because if I'm arguing with you to to show you that I'm right, I'm going to get all passionate. I'm going to get all fiery. I'm going to denigrate you and elevate my own position. But if I understand that I am bringing good news, something that is great, something that is a gift to you, I'm going to be patient. And I'm going to, well, no, that this is the reality and this is how it is. And then I'll I'll drop it off and let it sit there and let the Holy Spirit do his thing when and where he wills. And then I'll let it be. And then I'll go back. And, and so often it's the, the, our own passions get in the way of just simply, no, remember you're, you're giving a, you should be in speaking God's truth. You're giving a gift, not, not a, a offensive, terrible, not, not an aggressive attack against someone. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yes. Was that actually clear at all? Or I, cause I've, I, I was not very organized in my own mind there. That just kind of meandered around a bit. It, it was cogent, but disorganized, but that's okay. okay. <laughs> l- 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 here, l- let me, now that you've heard me think things out, yes. I, I think I, I am going to put it that way. When you are engaging in debate, when you're engaging with, with other people, instead of viewing it as a map, instead of falling into the trap where you view it as your own personal stake, where, where your own position is, is in danger and we have to defend ourselves, instead of viewing it as the culture where we're war, where we have to defend our own freedoms and value. No, no, no. I'll put it this way. Thomas, would traditional Christian values and morality be a good thing? Absolutely. Then let's treat it as a gift that you give, that you offer, and not something where we freak out if someone doesn't want it. Mm-hmm. Because if someone else rejects the truth, does it harm us directly? Does it does it prohibit us from having it? No. It, 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 or, or even beyond just, just Christian values, because I mean, that's like the, the weak tea compared to the gospel. 
does there does anyone else rejecting the gospel take the gospel away from me? Not at all. Not at all. So so we can't lose. There's nothing to lose. So what if they don't respect us? So what if they disagree? So what if they mock us? So what you're in the world. What are we what are you supposed to expect in the world? All of that. Mm-hmm. So, so when you discuss, remember, you are free. You don't have to win. You don't have to convince anyone. Even if you lose, like that word, lose the argument, so what? What have you lost? You've lost nothing because you are in Christ. You are redeemed and forgiven. So remember that. You have a great gift, and go, go share and give that gift freely and let it fall where it will. Mm-hmm. Does that, is, that a, is that a backwards enough approach? I like it. All I'll right. take it. Okay. Well, give us a little bit of time. We'll figure out a way to get all backwards and come at things from a different angle. (laughs) Always, always. And and I'll say this. This is hard because you know what? Most of the time when I get into an internet discussion, I'm not thinking, hmm, it's all gift. How can we approach life in such a way that we understand that things are all gift from God? No, most of the time I'm doing the whole Conan crush your enemy, crush your enemy because you're wrong on this point. And I want to smack you down and demonstrate my own superiority. Got to. Not the way it should be. Oh, oh. All right. Cool. Well, let's see how Jesus crushes his enemies and smacks them down and, and asserts his authority over them. Excellent. Oh, wait, I bet you that's not going to show up as part of the story. Okay. So. Oh, actually, wait, wait, wait. Can, can, I, can, can, we, can we look at this? Think of this, what's going on here mm-hmm. in terms and in light of online internet discussions. Or, or arguments that we get into. Just just have that in the back of your mind and compare and contrast that, all right? All right. Now I'll let you go on. Okay. Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled, but could eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside to them and said, what accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, if this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Okay, pause, pause, pause. Okay. Now now think about that in terms of ego uh-huh. and defending your position. It, it, how does that play in with that whole ego and defending your position? Does that sound like a defensive answer? Uh, yes, severely so. All right, all right. Okay, Car- carry on. That, that's the point I wanted to make there. Okay, all right. Uh, let's see here. Pilate said to them, take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, it is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show by what kind of death he was going to die. All right. So basically, they're going to go nag the governor to death or <laughs> nag, nag him to put Jesus to death. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, well, 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 but think about it. I, the, the rooster has just crowed and they go on over to Pilate. So basically, this is early in the morning. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't even know if it's necessarily full to the, the normal course of business. But there you have Pilate getting the knock on the door. Oh, okay. Oh, they, oh they're not going to come into me because, again, I'm dealing with the Jewish people and they have all these crazy customs that make them stubborn. So instead of everyone else who gets to have the people who want to petition the governor come to the governor, no, I have to get up early in the morning and count him. All right, what's going on? What, what's the problem? Yep. Oh, there's a problem. We want to brought it to you if it's not a problem. <laughs> okay, what do you want? Well, wh- what is it? Why, why, why can't you just deal with it, Sharon? Well, because we're gonna kill him, but we can't kill him because only you can kill him. So, so we need you to go kill this guy really good for us <laughs> because we want him dead. 
this is one where where I tend to have sympathy for Pilot because because he's just in a lousy place. The, yep. the The governorship of Judea was a sticky wicket. Always, it was difficult. Uh, if you read the 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 Romans, no one wanted to be in Judea. It was just sort of like, yeah, at least if you're fighting Germanic rebels or 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 Celts in in England and and. They want to at, at least it's straightforward. Yeah, but but oh, good night. This is just crazy to deal with. So yeah, it, it, so there there you go. So basically, they 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 nag poor pilot. So so think of this as as being you're you're woken up early. All right, I'll come deal with this. Okay, this guy must be really bad if they want to kill him. He hasn't apparently broken our law, so Roman law. So what's going on? So he brings Jesus in. They're going to converse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. You know, I actually think. Let's yeah, pause. We, that. we can do it. We can actually. We can. We can do this. We can do this. Oh, okay. All right. Do it. All right. So Pilate entered uh, entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, "Are you the King of the Jews?" Jesus answered, "Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me?" Jesus answered, "Am I a Jew?" Pilate answered. Ah, thank you. Pilate answered. Important distinction. Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Right. Now, now pause there. I think Pilate is actually somewhat appreciating this conversation. Okay. Simply because, consider how Pilate had interacted with, with the chief priest. Do you get how there was some sort of not not quite a lot of really guy there there was not a lot of patience going on there right but with Jesus you get some banter back and forth and like am i a G- what have you done so do you get almost how there's almost some some exasperated oh someone fun to fence with someone fun <laughs> yeah. to have a good discussion with Definitely. because because they, they are kind of finding out positions but they're not being necessarily antagonistic to each other Right. They're not right. trying to destroy each other. They, they almost seem to be enjoying this conversation, which is kind of strange. So at least that's how I think you can take it. Let's pick it up more over the break and see if Pilot and Jesus actually kind of enjoy their, their back and forth here. All right? All right. All right, and we are back, and and we are looking at Jesus and Pilate having their little bit of back and forth, and uh, and considering how it goes, and, and I'll just give something. I, I always have a little bit of sympathy for Pilate. Um, I think, especially in in John's Gospel, he, he's trying to make Pilate a slightly more sympathetic figure than you might get in some of the other texts. It's not, oh, Pilate's evil, but no, 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 Pilate's in a rough spot, and, and I. I think you get this coming out here. So you have this back and forth. Uh, are you the king of the Jews? <laughs> you saying this yourself? Or are you acknowledging me the king? Or, or did someone tell you this? Dude, am I a Jew? Come on. <laughs> Your chief priest have handed you over to me. What have you done, man? So I mean, there, there is a little bit of, of joy of discussion and debate going back. So mm-hmm. in, in other words, Pilate and, and Jesus have one thing in common. They're both really annoyed with the high priest right now. So, 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 so there is some common ground. Uh, if, if I were staging this and shooting it, I, I, I'd probably have a slightly exasperated pilot doing this rather than a, a cold, distant, disdainful pilot. Definitely. All right. So let's carry on. 
Okay. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, what is the truth? All right. What is truth? Now, now just pause here, because this is a loaded section. Mm-hmm. Um, think about this. You have Jesus saying, all right, my kingdom's not of this world. If my kingdom was of this world, my servants would be fighting. Hey, what was Peter trying to do a little bit earlier? <laughs> You know, yeah, try and do that. No, whole no, no, fighting no, thing no, 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 no. Cut, cut people. No, no. J- J- Peter missed the point there at the moment, and, and no, I'm not here to start the glorious re- revolution. Don't worry, Pilate. Uh, I'm not going to cause a riot. I'm not going to be the one to cause a riot, mind you. So, so don't worry. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I, I am not your enemy on this, Pilate. In fact, in fact, I am here to, to, to in fact. Well, I, I'm going to be here to show forth the truth, and 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 part of that is being handed over to the Jews. So don't worry. You're even you, Pilate. You're not messing with me. You, Pilate, are not my enemy because this is necessary. My kingdom has to go this way. So to see how this is very, very, really gentle to Pilate. No, no, I'm not. I'm not against you, man. I, mm-hmm. I I totally get the nasty situation you're in. I'm not a rebel. I'm not gonna cause problems for Rome or for your government. In fact, in fact, uh, I'll even have my fellow Paul t- instruct people to pray for the emperor in just a little bit. Uh, but but yeah, no, I, I'm here to bear witness to the truth. And remember, truth is a bigger word. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm here mm-hmm. to deal with salvation, with 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 life el- everlasting, with forgiveness. And then you get Pilate's response, what is truth? Mm-hmm. That, again, that, that's, if you want a world-weary statement, what oh, yeah. is truth? Because again, if you're dealing with politics and the political realities of the situation and the high priest want Jesus dead, what options does Pilate really have? Uh, no, no good ones. <laughs> All right. So, so what I, what I want you to think about, because mm-hmm. we know what's going to come up next. Mm-hmm. Look at this next section, how, how much Pilate is working to save Jesus here to, to mm-hmm. get him out of this. Why would Pilate do that? If he didn't absolutely enjoy talking to Jesus. Because he's the Roman governor. Does it really matter to him if if they just kill off just another Jewish fellow there who's annoying people? Pilate, no, I wouldn't think. Pilate jumps through some hoops to try to save Jesus. And there's no reason for him to want to do this. So again, I, I do think Pilate enjoyed his conversation with Jesus quite a bit. I think mm-hmm. it was refreshing for Pilate. So, all right. Take the next chunk and finish the chapter. Okay. After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. All right. Robber is kind of a weak translation. Mm-hmm, it, it, it's bandit. It, it a lot of people will say it's basically the equivalent of a terrorist. When we say that he's a robber, he's not like a cat burglar. He is a fearsome thug who just messes with everyone. 
He is bad dude. Mm-hmm. And so what we've noticed is Pilate comes out from talking to Jesus and suddenly there's a nice happy mob there. Well, isn't that convenient? From the other synoptics, you get that whole building up of, of, of the interaction with the, the mob. Mm-hmm. But you have Pilate say, all right, you know what? I, I, I'll try and circumvent the chief priests. I'll release Jesus. I'll give you an option. All right. All right. Okay. Because I normally release someone for you. Who do you want? Do you want Jesus or do you want Osama bin Laden? Or or, or, or do you want, do you want, do you want me to release uh, Jesus or Machine Gun Kelly? <laughs> I, I'm tra- I don't know who the, do, do you want me to release Jesus or Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump. <laughs> I, I am trying to think of who would be notorious, and the crowd goes for the notorious guy. So I mean, this 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 is not what Pilate was expecting. This is like, okay, I, I found a solution. Oh, it didn't solve it. And then we carry on. All right. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. Oh, were you were you gonna? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Go, oh, go, go, ahead. go. Okay. Uh, So they flogged him, and the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you, so that you may know that I find no guilt in him. Oh, sorry. Is that good? (laughs) One more, one more. One more. So Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. Now, think about this for a second. What we have here with Jesus going forth and, and well, Pilate goes and has him whipped, beaten, mocked, beats Jesus bloody and then pulls him out to the crowd. He's doing this not because he's mean, because he's mad at Jesus, but it's an attempt to instill pity. Okay, this crowd is not showing any pity for Jesus. They're they're not showing any any kindness to him at all. How how can we build up some pity for Jesus? What type of day is Jesus having? Jesus is having uh, such a day where where Pilate thinks the kindest thing he can do is beat the tar out of him, so that maybe maybe that'll bring enough pity to folks that that'll they'll spare his life. So, Thomas, how, how would you think your day would be going if, if the kindest thing someone did to you was to flog you within an inch of your life in the hopes that they would have pity upon you? I mean, that's like Greek tragedy stuff right there. <laughs> well, but, but, but conversely, it actually also is sympathetic, too, even if it doesn't work. Because um, when, when we get to the end of the crucifixion, um, the, the soldiers are going forth to break the legs of the criminals. They don't have to break Jesus's leg because he's already dead. Mm-hmm. So, so basically, Pilate actually is helping Jesus out here, if you want to put it in a terrible sense, because he's so weakening Jesus that the crucifixion isn't going to last longer. I mean, I suppose that's, yeah, that's a, I, I, a take I mean, you could have. It, 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 it's... It really is almost the kindest thing that gets happen that happens to Jesus the way Pilate treats him, and it, it, it's just again not something we'd normally think of. But a lot of times people will look at Pilate and say, "Oh, he fails his job. He's supposed to carry out justice." And well, no, Pilate's in a nasty. In terms of real politics, in terms of the political situation, Pilate's mm-hmm. in a bad spot. And 
As Caiaphas knows, it's better that one man should die than the whole people. Or it's better that one man should die rather than you have a riot. I mean, that it's just the the nasty political expediency of the world. And and he really does. He tries, man. He tries to get Jesus off multiple times. But he says, behold the man. Here he is. We have to beat him. You should have sympathy for him. And what is the response? Do you want me to read or you got it? Uh, you do it because I have a baby in my lap now. I, I just <laughs> saw that a child appeared. Be, behold the toddler. Okay, wait. No. Okay. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. No, three times he said no guilt. I have no problem with him. Three times. That should be, for any Jewish person, total perfect witness. Three times. That's the big Johannine theme. The Jews answered him, we have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die, because he's made himself the son of God. When Pilate heard the statement, he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, where are you from? And Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, will you not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, you'd have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. Now, do you get that, that, that back and forth where suddenly Pilate's like, this is, this is out of my hands. I can't control this. And wait a second, son of God. Now, that idea is not unbelievable for Pilate. That the idea that someone might be a son of God is something that is really quite realistic and, and probable for Pilate. And so he, he, he's almost pleading with Jesus. Well, what's going on here? Tell me what to do to stop this. And Jesus says, no, I'm not, I'm not here to stop it. From then on, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, if you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought out Jesus and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement and in Aramaic, Gabbatha. Now, <clears throat> why is that phrase, O Thomas? No one who makes himself a king is a friend of Caesar. If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Why is that such a damning statement? Why is that such? Why is that the the straw that breaks Pilate's back? Well, I know he's already on the ropes, so to speak, from all the riots that he's been having. It's just interesting to me to see the Jews as ostensibly Caesar's apologists. <laughs> well, well, it is. I mean, it, it's something that should be utterly, utterly, ah. Terrible. But but think on this. One of the things that, that came up is there were a group, uh, there was a political group called the Friends of Caesar. And that was basically the, uh, the group that was in good with the Caesar. That was the way you got political advancement. And basically what they're saying is if you release him, we will cut your political advancement. Mm-hmm. It, 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 and what happens if you fail at, at the level of governor? It's not, oh, we'll demote you back down to the mailroom. It's, at best, you're exiled. At worst, if you are seen to be fomenting rebellion or allowing it in your province, what might happen to you? I mean, he might be the next one on that cross. <laughs> so so basically, it's like, you you put him to death for us, or we will see you killed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it is ultimate power politics, and, and that's when, when Pilate breaks. When he just, and he sits down in the judgment seat, broken, and says, "All right." And even then, even when he sits in the judgment seat, 
I think we're going to... No, well, we might go slightly long and get to the, the end of... If you would read uh, 14 through uh, the end of this paragraph, okay. middle of verse 16. Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, Behold your king. They cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. We have no king but Caesar. Oh, I mean, it's just, just do, you, do you get that sense of, of how defeated Pilate is? Mm-hmm. The, the, this, really, if you think about it, you can count five times in this text where Pilate tries to get Jesus released. He, even when he's utterly dejected. Even when he is is down, okay, they're playing my political situation off of me. They're going to try and get me killed. I'll appeal to them. Shall I? Shall I? Shall I kill your king? Shall I crucify your king? And for the chief priest to say, "We have no king but Caesar," that that's totally an unexpected. That, that that's not what they typically say. That's not normally you're the governor of Judea because they're always looking for someone else to be their king. Mm-hmm. At that point, Pilate just throws his hands up in the air, and and that's it. I can't do anything more for you. So, do you just get how there's this 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 terrible spiral down for for Pilate? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yes, I, I yes, Jesus has a worse day on Good Friday, but Pilate's day is not a good day, and so I I think we can look at Pilate somewhat sympathetically, but that that's just me and my take. Absolutely, so, no, I agree. How? How about we pause here and and then next time we'll actually get into the crucifixion itself and we can deal with other questions and issues. I know a lot of people will uh, make a big deal about verse 14, it being the day of the preparation of the Passover. Mm -hmm. We can discuss that next time. Ooh, I look forward to that. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. All right. All right. Bye. Then uh, (laughs) let's close it out. All right. See you guys later. I know we're a little long, but hey, that's okay. You got a bonus. So have a great week, everyone. Enjoy the gifts God gives you and know that you are forgiven by him. Have a great one, guys.